From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Green Zone, hour number two here of the program. I am Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And my partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado, as we keep track on the NBA and college basketball. And check this out. The Dallas Mavericks, from way down to the Sacramento Kings, have come back to take the lead, James. Of course, that is without Luka Doncic in the lineup. They've gone to the fourth quarter now, 10 minutes still left in the final frame, 95 to 94. Dallas hanging on there to a lead, and they are two-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market. Also, college basketball. I know you've got a sweat on your hands there between Drake and Missouri State, my friend. Missouri State closed as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. You took the Drake Bulldogs and the points, and they are currently trailing by just one point at the break, 33-32, with a spot on the line to go to the Missouri Valley Conference Finals. Yeah, too many turnovers right now, I think, for Missouri State. And it's been looking like they, they've been able to get some live ball turnovers for Drake and find something in transition, not shooting the ball well. This has been a very physical game. And these teams, this conference, the, these conference games are the, for the tournament standpoint, they're always competitive. It seems like they always come down right to the last second. So, of course, let's put myself through this, through the through the ringer here for our program to be able to have Drake plus the one and a half for another 20 minutes of a sweat. But thinking about where this game goes in this second half, I think what's really interesting to see is the fact that Missouri State has 14 made field goals, but only coming off of one assist. So we're seeing a lot of ball screen action, a lot of uh, points in the paint, a lot of post play coming from Missouri State, but not a lot of action off the ball and not a lot of secondary passes being made. It's a lot of uh, really just taking them all one-on-one. So we'll see how the second half plays out here, Brady. Going to be a very competitive game come second half. We already know that, but uh, I, I love seeing these conference tournaments play because these teams know each other so well. You know there's rivalries there and the the just the physical nature of what we've seen. And fortunately, they're letting both of these teams play. Not a lot of foul calls, just a total of 11 foul calls in that first half for a game that was very, very physical in the first 20 minutes. 
Thanks, Brady. Yeah, and I want to talk about the conference tournament futures market here in just a moment, but I'll update a couple more scores. The Duke Blue Devils starting to pull away a little bit from the Carolina Tar Heels right now. 35-28, to 28, a seven-point advantage with about four and a half minutes left in the first half. They are currently at a TV timeout, and now Duke has exceeded what the prior-to-tip-off number was. They were about a 10.5, 11-point favorite. Now in the live market, they are a 12.5-point favorite in this game, and you're Total has spiked up. The scoring is picked up for both sides here in the second part of the first half. The live total now 159 and a half for that game in Durham. Connecticut and DePaul. Connecticut with just about 30 seconds left looking to close out the Blue Demons 73 to 68. A five-point advantage there for UConn, California, and Arizona. Arizona may get this done as a 21-point favorite. They've got four and a half minutes left there at the McHale Center in Tucson, and they're leading Cal by 23, 76-53 to in favor of the second-ranked team in the country. Vanderbilt falling or trailing Old Miss 35-28. to Princeton by 10 over Pennsylvania right now, 47-37. to And James, Iowa State has climbed back into this ball game a little bit with Baylor. They're at halftime. It was 25-4 to to begin this game. And now just a 10-point margin for the Baylor Bears as they lead Iowa State 39-29. to They are 14.5-point favorites in the live market. We were talking, of course, about the Missouri Valley Conference, the semifinal there between Drake and Missouri State. And for the conference, uh, the futures market for the conference tournament winner, you have Loyola Chicago as the favorite at minus 120. Missouri State is at plus 275. And Drake is at uh, plus 550. I wonder, James, if you considered taking a look at this market and rather than betting Drake plus the points today, maybe taking them at plus 550 to win the whole thing. I did look at that, but I've, I've, my, the struggle for me was, well, that means you've got to win two games in this conference and you're getting a, a, a plus 550, and that's not something you would be able to roll over here considering they were just a, a really short dog in this matchup. And then they, the, the last game against Loyola really handled Loyola the last time they played out, so I think they match up very well with Loyola. So I did think about it from that perspective at the plus 550. Ultimately, I didn't play it here. I was just figured, well, let me just try to get through one, Brady, and this way I, if I get to tomorrow and Drake wins this game, maybe I don't have to play any more of this Missouri Valley Conference tournament because these games are so tight so competitive. Yeah, I don't know if I kind of need to. I, I feel like my, my, my heart, my ticker needs a little break, and so I stayed away from picking them as the conference winner. Plus, that 550 was a good price, though. Arch Madness. It seems like the Missouri Valley yeah. Conference Tournament is always really a dandy. Right here in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena, it's been a, uh, a, a standard here for conference tournament basketball in Las Vegas for a long time. A beautiful arena there over at the Orleans, and they host the West Coast Conference Tournament. Of course, Gonzaga, the number one ranked team in the country, is the favorite here to cut down the nets for the West Coast Conference Tournament. They are at minus 380, and a team that just upset Gonzaga about a week or two so ago, the St. Mary's Gales at plus 425 to win the tournament, Santa Clara at 15 to 1, and the Dons of San Francisco, who are in action tonight at the Orleans against BYU, they are at 25 to 1, as are the Cougars at 25 to 1 to win this conference tournament. 
And James, it's hard to lay minus 380, but goodness, I mean, it, maybe it kind of seems cheap. Gonzaga has just laid waste for the most part to all of their conference foes. Why won't they do it here in Las Vegas? Especially closing out the regular season with that loss, like you said, to the Gales at St. Mary's and wanting to get themselves righted, rolling into the big dance into the national tournament here in a couple weeks. And taking care of business in the WCC like they typically do. And they're the better team by far. But, yeah, we're talking laying almost $4. It's too big for it's too big a price for me to to lay that kind of juice on any team. And it is college basketball. And we, we know that we'll see upsets within the conference tournament. We saw Texas State going down today. So much for their automatic bid rolling in, winning that conference and getting into the big dance here in two weeks. Uh, so that can happen. If anything, maybe be more inclined to play that 25 to one. And maybe it's San Francisco. I, I'm not going to get involved, but looking at, yeah, they got to get through BYU tonight. I kind of favor San Francisco. They're a short favorite here, three, three and a half points, depending on where you look over BYU uh, later this evening, but maybe that's a better spot here for San Francisco. Although, you know, this, this team trying to say, find a way to be able to, you're getting a great price at 25 to one, but ultimately you're going to have to th- go through the Zags. And I just don't see that happening for any team in this conference tournament. It should be the Zags to, to, to win it out there at 380. Are you going to lay a price like that, Brady? I just can't do it. No, no. It, I mean, it's real appealing to put maybe just a couple bucks on a 25 to one shot. Like you say, yeah. rather, Rather than lay a lot of money to win a little on Gonzaga, but maybe that is the smarter side. Uh, Let's look at the ACC tournament, and the Duke Blue Devils are the favorite out there along Tobacco Road at minus 130, the Carolina Tar Heels at plus 850, the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest at 9-1 to to win the ACC Conference Tournament, Virginia Tech and Miami at 10-1, to Notre Dame at 10-1, to and the Cavaliers of Virginia at 18-1. to I think I heard uh, Ben Wilson and Amal Shah speaking earlier on betting across America, and I thought Amal made a really good point. Who's the second best team in the ACC? I I think that's hard to figure out. It, it is. Maybe it's a team like Wake Forest. They're sitting there at plus 900, so getting 9-1 to one on your money. They'll be the number five seed going into Brooklyn for the ACC tournament. And this is a team, they've got a lot of size up front, and they've got four senior starters on that team. And so you've got some you've got some experience there with the, with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And, and it, where they play out, sitting as that five seed, and yes, you're going to have to go through. The, they're they're going to get the very first round bye, but... You know, they're not going to get that double buy, so they would potentially have to play three games in three days to play Duke in the semifinals if they got through and the seating held out and beat the four, and now you're going to play the one, which is Duke. I think that's where, if you're going to you're going to have to go through Duke, obviously, if you want to win this ACC tournament, I'd rather have the team that's playing Duke in the semifinals as opposed to the finals, because think about all the hoopla that was happening here for this last game for Coach K at in Duke, well, what is that going to look like? Can they send him out as an ACC tournament champion and maybe potentially looking ahead to what that championship day would look like? So if you're going to catch Duke, I think it's better to catch them in the semifinals rather than the finals. Let's take a look quickly at the Mountain West Conference Tournament. That will take place right here in Las Vegas next week at the Thomas and Mack Center. And, and just look at these odds. It tells you, I mean, maybe it doesn't tell you how good this conference has been this year, but it certainly reflects how competitive 
of this conference expects to be for the conference tournament. San Diego State is the favorite at plus 310. Colorado State just better than 3-1 to one right there with the Aztecs. Boise State a, a tick higher at plus 320. Wyoming at plus 650. UNLV at 7-1. to one. Utah State at 10-1. to one. Nevada a long shot at 60-1, to one, but you've got a handful of teams there, James, that are all real tight there across the top. I may as well just get a dartboard, put a blindfold on me and start firing and see where it lands because I don't know who's going to win this conference, Brady. And so you'd want to look down, see if you can get some number. Now you're playing in Las Vegas. How does that favor the Rebels playing, in a sense, playing at home, playing in their hometown? And Would that favor the Rebels? Just thinking about where these teams are at right now, San Diego State, maybe this is a team that's a little tired. They've had a really challenging week. Going to have a challenging game again going on the road tonight. So some weary legs for some of these teams. A lot of games compacted depending on which team we're talking about based on some makeup games that had to happen from earlier in the season that was canceled or postponed due to COVID. Uh, Would it be worth a shot with the running rebels playing in Las Vegas at seven to one? Yeah, and Wyoming was extended into overtime earlier today in their win. And then you've got, like you mentioned, San Diego State, who's had really a rough go of it as of late. And I'm really interested in another game that we'll preview a little later on in the program. Boise State in Fort Collins to take on Colorado State. This Mountain West tournament should be very interesting and exciting coming up right here in our backyard. When we come back, we'll talk a little more NBA, preview some of the games on your Saturday slate right here inside the Green Zone. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and sprit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N.com slash one zero. Zen nicotine pouches are for adults 21 years or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Welcome back to the Green Zone. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you taking a look at the rest of the NBA card for your Saturday evening. Currently one game in action and a good one in Dallas between the Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Mavericks. Sacramento got a win over fellow Texas representative, the San Antonio Spurs. Sacramento did that outright as an underdog, trying to pull it off here again against the Dallas Mavericks. About a four minute and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter here, and Sacramento has the lead 103 to 101. They are a one and a half point favorite in the live market. Your live total is at 227 and a half. And tipping off in just about 15 minutes, or actually tipped off about 15 minutes ago, rather, the San Antonio Spurs at the Charlotte Hornets. And the Hornets are currently in the 10-hole in the East. That would be the final play-in spot to get into the postseason. They have lost seven out of their last 10 games, and the Spurs have dropped three in a row. They're all the way down to the 12-hole out West. Charlotte closed as four-point favorites here, James, with a total of 237, and it looks like uh, this one may be delayed here. I don't know if they're starting just now. A score is not popping up on my screen, but did you get involved in this one at all? I did not. Thinking about San Antonio, they've lost three in a row. They've been trying to have the Spurs get that, get one more win to put Coach Popovich into a tie all-time win, winning as coach in the NBA with Don Nelson. Still haven't been able to do that. So, yeah, is this the spot that they do it? Well, going on the road to, Sh- to Charlotte might be might be the spot for them to go. Charlotte, you mentioned they've, their struggles recently. They've really struggled in particular playing at home. They've lost nine out of their last ten games at home and then ultimately 11 out of the last 14 overall. And you said they've fallen in the 10th place in that Eastern Conference. Charlotte, just both these teams struggling right here, right now. I do see a score popping up now. The game has tipped. We're early into the first quarter. Spurs have an early lead. Brady sitting at 9-8. to eight. Yeah, just saw that pop up. Looks like we've got eight minutes left in the first frame here. Nine to eight in favor of San Antonio. Spread really unchanged here. The Charlotte Hornets, a four and a half point favorite in the live market in your total at 234 and a half coming up at the top of the hour 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern it's a good matchup here and we spoke with this one earlier with mo de the 76ers in miami to battle the heat miami opened up as a two-point favorite here with a total of 219 and a half both teams have won eight out of their last 10 games and philadelphia has won five in a row they are in second place in the eastern conference standings two games behind the Miami Heat. Now, we have since learned, and you mentioned it earlier, James, that James Harden will not participate in this game. So we've seen the line move again about 45 minutes before tip-off here, and the Heat are now laying five and a half, and your total has come down to 214. So obviously no James Harden tonight. He had been sensational in the first four games coming over with his new ball club there in Philadelphia. They had gone 4-0, had the Sixers with Harden on the floor. And thinking about with both Harden and Embiid, really – these two all-stars are tough matchups. You know, they they command a lot of double teams, and 
and also command a lot of whistles. In those first four games, Brady, I was looking through the box scores. The two of them, between Harden and Embiid, collectively shot 102 free throws in those four games. They made 90 of them, so great great stroke at the line, but really just a fa- uh, free throw shooting contest for Philadelphia coming in. But I, but I think also thinking about offensively for Philly, once Harden being there, Tyrese Maxey has really been able to take advantage of having both Harden and Embiid be the focal point of the opposing defenses out there. Maxey's been sensational during those four games. 27 points per game has he put in the hole since Harden has come over. But again, no Harden tonight, and that's the issue. Back to the hamstring issue again. And we see that with these players, guys that have been hurt and kind of chronically hurt, habitually hurt here, back to that hamstring, which is anybody's guess how bad it is and or when he'll be back out there on the court. We talk about that with certain players like Harden, definitely player like Kevin Durant. Anthony Davis again so many of these great players in the NBA just not able to keep themselves on the floor I didn't get involved with this game because looking on the other side the Heat still have a number of concerns of who's actually going to be out on the court for Miami in this case we know Kyle Lowry's going to miss another game with personal reasons Jimmy Butler is still questionable as a game time decision with a toe injury PJ Tucker game time decision with his knee injury uh, they will get some reinforcements back though Brady will the Miami Heat not today but potentially Monday Monday, Victor uh, Victor Oladipo may make his Heat debut this season uh, on Monday against the Rockets and start to work himself into the rotation with the Miami Heat. So another weapon when it comes to putting the ball in the basket for Miami potentially on Monday. But right now, I don't know who's going to be on the floor right now for the Miami Heat. The number is ticked up, thinking more so that it's because obviously Harden is not on the floor. But too many question marks for me right now to see who's going to be competing in this contest on the Miami Heat side. No play right now. Yeah, it's kind of too bad the uh, the matchup here has yeah. lost a little bit of its luster with uh, many of the players that are questionable or out tonight in South Beach. The Magic at the Grizzlies, and I tell you, James, Orlando is just not a very good basketball squad this season. They are dead last in the Eastern Conference. They've only won 16 games all season. And Memphis, again, we also spoke about them with Mo DeKeel. He thinks they will overtake Golden State. They're trying to get past the Warriors right now in the standings there in the Western Conference. They only trail by a half game. They are coming off of a loss to the Boston Celtics, but they have won seven out of their last 10. They're laying a bundle here tonight at home against Orlando. 16 points is the number that Memphis is favored by with a total of two 30. I tell you what, James, I mean, I don't know if I could take it with Orlando, but 16 is a heck of a lot of points. It is a lot of points, and you mentioned Orlando being last in the Eastern Conference. Prior to the All-Star break, they had the worst record in the entire league, but they did. They have won three out of four since the All-Star break, but this game just feels like an open gym contest to me. Both these teams are going to be getting up and down the floor. Orlando looking to see what is our roster going to look like for next season. A lot of young talent out there that's uh, going to be ball dominant and looking to get to the rim, just like John Morant and his teammates do, especially the, the aggressiveness that we see from this Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies team getting into the paint, getting high percentage shots. I think we're going to see a lot of points here. So not a lot of defense on either side. My, If I was getting involved, I'm not going to play this game because, again, it's going to feel like open run for me. I'd be looking at the total and only one way to go, and that would be over. Uh, looks like the betters like the over in this next contest as well. The Trailblazers at the Timberwolves. Minnesota opened up as 14-point favorites with a total 
of 233 and a half. They are down to 13 and a half point favorites. So a little bit of a tick of money towards the Portland Trailblazers side. The total is up by a point and a half to 235. And I thought that number was a little aggressive as well at 14 points in favor of the Timberwolves, James. I was kind of surprised to see it open up that high. What did you, did you have an initial reaction to that number? I mean, I know Minnesota's a decent team and Portland has had its struggles, but, you know, is it really the same margin basically between Memphis and Orlando, what we have tonight here between Minnesota and Portland? Well, you look at Portland and this roster, just the aftermath due from the trade deadline as well as the injuries that they've sustained over the course of the season. You look at this roster and you look at who they're going to trot out there tonight to play. I mean, this looks like a G League roster for the the Portland Trailblazers, and they played like it since the the post-All-Star break. The three games that they've played in since the All-Star game, uh, since everybody's returned from the All-Star game, they have been hammered and absolutely blown out in those games, losing each game respectively. 37 points, 32 points, and 30 points. So maybe they're getting better, right? They lost <laughs> by 37 the first game, only by 32 in the second game, and now they're finding their stride, just losing by 30 in the last game. I don't want any part of the Portland Trailblazers. This team is, it, it's, I mean, the, the roster's just, this is not the Portland Trailblazers that we're used to seeing. And here for Minnesota, they have won four of five since the All-Star break, and they have moved into that seventh spot. And here, you know, they're going to have a pretty favorable schedule for the next, for roughly this next four games. They're going to be able to play Portland twice, followed by Oklahoma City and Orlando. Some opportunity for the T-Wolves to move forward in the Western Conference standings. So it'd be Minnesota or nothing for me. I just think this Blazers roster is a complete mess. And it makes sense that we're seeing money towards the over as well. I mean, if you can just score at will on this Portland team, uh, I can understand betters gravitating towards over the total in this contest. When we come back on the other side, we can get a little bit further into the Warriors at the Lakers, James. Uh, I thought it was interesting what uh, Mo DeKeel had to say on this one. Uh, about the struggles for the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and I've become a little hesitant about the Golden State Warriors. I do have a futures ticket on them to win it all that I bet before the season began at 11 to 1. And that's a pretty nice number. They're down in the neighborhood of 4 or 5 to 1 these days. But boy, the Lakers, uh, I, I just don't see them going anywhere fast. Obviously, they've got injury problems. It seems like after LeBron, I just don't really know who else is uh, going to contribute on this team. We'll dive in and get your opinion on the other side and get back to some college basketball futures as well as we roll along here inside the green zone at VSIN, the sports betting network. your best and draft your best with the Just for Men March Basketball Series. Draft a winning lineup in two free-to-play contests for your shot at a share of $10,000 in total prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash JFM now to join the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. James Salinas and Brady Cannon with you inside the green zone. And James, I was uh, touching on the Warriors and the Lakers as we finished up last segment. Want to get your thoughts on this one. The Warriors opened up as a six-point favorite. Consensus number is five and a half. Now it's come down a little bit. And 
I kind of felt that way. That was kind of my first initial reaction that six points was maybe a bit much for the Warriors who have really been struggling. They've lost three in a row to lay on the road. Now, the Lakers have lost four in a row. Of course, no AD in the lineup. LeBron James was listed as a game-time decision. Where is your head on the Lakers and the Warriors down in Southern California? My head is when it comes to the Lakers, I'll either be betting against the Lakers or not playing the game at all. I will not be betting on this team going forward, at least through the rest of the regular season. And I think they're very fortunate right now. Do you just look where they're at in the standings continuing to slide and, you know, just coming off a blowout loss to to the Clippers the other night on Thursday, and they've lost all four postseason or post-All-Star break games. And this is just a team that is not... You know, I know Anthony Davis not being out there. That's a big piece of not having the the one-two punch of LeBron James and Anthony Davis when Davis is healthy. Really a tough matchup on the floor. But, man, this is just a team that looks – they look really disconnected. They really haven't seen much chemistry on this team all season long. And I think that's just it, Brady. There's, there's a lot of star power, or at least a lot of former star power out there. You think about Westbrook. <laughs> he hasn't been able to ingratiate himself into this Lakers – onto the floor with the Lakers and, and into the rotation – into the rotation, out of the rotation and crunch time in the fourth quarter issues going on there with coach uh, Carmelo Anthony, just, you know, talk about tread on the tires. I'm not sure what's left on, on those wheels for Carmelo. Great player been around for two decades, just like LeBron, same draft class back in 2003, but this is just a fractured Lakers team right now. And without Anthony Davis and who knows what he's going to look like whenever he gets back out there, it's going to take him a while. And there again, Anthony Davis, can he stay healthy whenever he gets back out on the court? I just think right now for the Lakers, trying to just limp their way to the to the playoffs, and and I think they're just very fortunate where they sit right now. Not fortunate in the sense that they're sitting in that nine spot, and I think they'll probably be overtaken here soon enough by the Pelicans. You think about New Orleans playing very well after the post-All-Star break and really riding well with C.J. McCollum in the mix and being able to spread the floor with he and Brandon Ingram, a lot of ball screens with those guys, and five out off and really puts a lot of pressure on opposing defenses to have to be able to guard both of those players when they're playing in a ball screen because both can create for themselves, for other players, as well as shoot the ball from deep and talk about Williamson actually potentially getting back out there and doing some basketball, uh, some basketball activities for whatever that's worth. But aside from that, from the Lakers, they're going to make either that ninth or the 10th spot because it's Portland and San Antonio that are there behind them in Portland. We already talked about that roster there, Brady. It's a complete wreck of a roster for Portland. So the Lakers will get in to the playoffs or at least into the play-in of the playoffs. But, yeah, this is just a team where I am not playing this team in any way, shape, or form. I don't want anything to do with betting on the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, let's move back to the college hardwood. And the Iowa State Cyclones looked like they were getting back into the swing of things here against Baylor, but not the case any longer as Baylor started to pull away. Once again, an 11-point advantage, 51-40 to over Iowa State, about 13 minutes left in the second half there. And here come your Bulldogs, James. The Drake Bulldogs against the Missouri State. Uh, Missouri State, uh, is it the Racers, I think? 49-44. Uh, 49-44, Drake out in front. They closed as a one-and-a-half-point underdog in this game, and they are now a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market. The, to the live total at 135-and-a-half. So looking good right now with 11-and-a-half minutes to go, James. Well, and playing very clean basketball offensively, and this is what we were talking about earlier, and we talked about this at the break. 
Only three turnovers thus far for for Drake, and this is a team that with starts four seniors out there on the floor, and then has two seniors come off the bench that have that play a lot of significant minutes. And these are guys that have played together, and so there there there's a certain chemistry that they have out there on the court together. Only three turnovers, and on the other side for the Missouri Bear Missouri State Bears, they have eleven turnovers thus far. About a you know what eleven minutes left in this second half, so. Some easy baskets for Drake in the second half. Created some really good, putting a lot of really good pressure on the ball. And then on the last piece with Missouri State, 19 made field goals, just three coming off an assist. So a lot of one-on-one basketball going on out there right now for Missouri State. And Duke and North Carolina went to the half just to two points separating the two teams. Duke was leading at the break 41-39. to They've increased their lead here in the early going of the second half. Still 15 minutes left to go in regulation, and they now have a six-point lead, 50-44. to uh, James, of course, we talked about a few of the conference tournaments and some of the futures prices uh, for specific conference tournaments. Let's also take a look at a futures market now with teams that to get to the final four. You can bet on a team to make it to the final four. And Gonzaga is the favorite, actually minus money at minus 120 to make college basketball's final four coming up the first weekend in April. You've got Kentucky as the second choice at plus 150, along with the Arizona Wildcats, Purdue at plus 250, Duke at plus 275, along with Kansas also at the same number, and Auburn, Baylor at 3-1, to one, UCLA at 6-1, to one, Villanova and Texas Tech also at 6-1, to one, Tennessee at 7-1 to one rounds out the top of the board there. Anybody catch your eye there as a bet you'd like to make to go to the Final Four? Yeah, I think the challenge is just not knowing where teams, not so much where they're going to be seated, but what region are they going to be playing in and who the, who might they be matched up with in said region? Because we know basketball, it's so much of it comes down to matchups, and that's why we see the upset sometimes. We see teams that, that just match up with their opponent in a particular style that that really favors a, a certain side. And I think that's the challenge of trying to get involved in this market here. You have to kind of project out where you think they might land, which region they might land, and who else might be in that region. Either that would be a challenge for them or that might be a benefit to them based on the style of play. So there's this, there's certain things that I look for in teams to make it to the Final Four, and a lot of it comes down to, and I know the cliche is about the guard play, and and but it, but it holds true, and I think a team like Villanova, and I know it's not a deep team, and it's not a really big team, but, man, is this team tough. And I love the guard play in the backcourt. Uh, plenty of senior leadership on this team. Great coach on the sideline with Coach Jay Wright. Championship medal with him and an expectation and a culture there that he has set with that Wildcats program. Tremendous job that he's done in his tenure there in Villanova. But, you know, they're sitting at 6-1. to one. I'm not sure where they might land, but this is a team that is a, a very tough. They're very physical. I love their style of play. They'll play half-court style, and you'll see that a lot in it come tournament time especially in the second half games slow down it's easier to slow teams down it is to speed teams up and a team like Villanova that plays very physical very smart with the basketball and lastly for a team like the Wildcats this is the best best free throw shooting team in the country and I have to see how they shot the ball today they are projected potentially on pace to be the best free throw shooting team when it comes to percentage 
in the history of college basketball. Yeah, no, that last point was something I was going to mention, and you beat me to it there. Absolutely a special free-throw shooting team, and we know how important that is. And and like you say, it's a formula I think that we see year after year in the NCAA tournament, and that's leadership, senior leadership, good guard play, great head coach, make your free throws, play defense. I think Villanova can do all of that. And, and I'm with you. They caught my eye at 6-1 to one as well. Texas Tech is another team that I think uh, has a good shot at 6-1. to one. Uh, I think Tennessee, you know, got a big win over Arkansas today. Arkansas really came storming back in the second half to make that a closer contest than it was in the first half. But Tennessee is kind of sneaky there at 7-1. to one. I'd almost rather take them at a nice price than Kentucky at plus 150. And then Arkansas, I mean, that has been such a hot team as of late. Couldn't get it done in Knoxville earlier today, but they're at 12 to 1. I think they can reignite here at any minute and possibly make a run to the Final Four. Uh, I think LSU, a big win for that team over Alabama earlier today. And it just seems like this team, like you talked about Villanova playing tough, LSU seems to really play with fire and emotion. And, and who knows how long that could take them. They're at 18 to 1 to make the Final Four. And then finally, a team that we talked about a little earlier able to get past blue or able to get past the blue demons of DePaul earlier today UConn at 12 to 1 I think UConn will have something to say in the Big East Conference Tournament and we'll see how they fare against Villanova a team you and I both like and, and, and UConn with their bigs love the interior don't trust the guard play especially to be able to shoot the basketball and get them into their sets when they break down those sets and take away the post play I see a lot of dribbling and a one-on-one -on -one play from the UConn Huskies but what about a team like Illinois plus nine to one what if they end up in the Midwest I know that region is in Chicago uh, I don't know if Illinois gets to play in that region but what an advantage it would be for the Illini to play there uh, they have great guard play and a monster player on the interior with Kofi Coburn all right, when we come back, we will dive into some more college basketball for your Saturday, preview some games here, see if we can find a few bets to make as we continue inside the green zone. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Green Zone. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you checking some scores here. The Dallas Mavericks end up coming back to beat the Sacramento Kings. Kings get the cash. Dallas gets the victory. 114 to 111, your final. And the Charlotte Hornets currently leading the San Antonio Spurs 47 to 42 with about seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Charlotte remains a four and a half point favorite in the live market. That's where they started this contest prior to tip. And the live total all the way up to 243 and a half down there in Charlotte. On the college hardwood, Princeton taking it to Pennsylvania, 89 to 66. And I tell you what, James. This Iowa State team has been crazy. They, they were getting blown out 25-4. to four. They closed the gap before halftime. Then Baylor starts to pull away again. Now we've got a two-point game. Just under, let's see, just under nine minutes left to go in the second half, and it is 58-56 in favor of Baylor. This has been a wild one. They still remain five-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market. Well, they got up to such a hot start, 25-4. to four. It's hard to sustain that level of play for the Baylor Bears the way that they did for the first five, six minutes of that game. wonder if they were scoreboard watching Brady and knowing that if Kansas lost and Baylor wins this game at home against Iowa State, Baylor would be the sole champion of the Big 12 regular season. wonder if maybe there's a bit of a letdown if they knew what that score was. Who knows? But I, th- I think here for... For a team like Iowa State, this is what we see. We see these teams, they've got a lot of athletes, but it's a lot of, really, just a lot of selection. It really, I just question the shot selection with this team. It's it's not a very disciplined team on the offensive side of the ball. They do have playmakers and, and guys that can shoot it when they get hot, but I just think for Baylor, it was just hard. You weren't going to be able to sustain that level of play jumping out to a 20-point lead in the first, what, five minutes, Brady? And getting a little nervy for your Drake Bulldogs, my friend. They are tied with Missouri State, 57 apiece now with six and a half minutes left to go in regulation there in that Missouri uh, Missouri Valley semifinal. North Carolina and Duke, this one has been really good all the way. Duke started to pull away a little bit early in the second half, but right now with 11 minutes and 40 seconds left to go, Duke with just a two-point advantage. 56 to 54, the Blue Devils remain a six and a half point favorite in the live market. Not a bad number there if you like Duke. They were as high as 11 point favorites prior to tip in this one. Again, live, just six and a half point favorites. Your total up above by about five points where it closed prior to tip at 158 and a half. James, let's take a look at some of the college basketball we have coming up a little bit later this evening, 5.30 Pacific time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and that's Moorhead State at Murray State. Murray State 
opened as seven and a half point favorites with a total of 129. This is the Ohio Valley Conference Championship game tipping off tonight in Evansville, Indiana. And it's the Racers of Murray State. I called the Missouri State Bears. I called them the Racers. It's the Racers of Murray State. They are ranked, you know, people need to pay attention as a lot of people gravitate towards college basketball at this time of the year. You got to realize the Racers of Murray State are ranked inside the top 25 in the country, and they are now riding a 19-game winning streak. They have beaten the Eagles of Moorhead State in both previous meetings this season. Murray State, I'll tell you, they could possibly still get an at-large bid, even if they do not win this conference championship. And we are roughly 45 minutes prior to tip-off right now, and the Racers are laying 7.5 with a total of 128. So that total has ticked down a little bit. The spread relatively unchanged. Yeah, I think for Murray State, regardless of the outcome of this game, they will get an at-large bid into the tournament if they do not win this championship game tonight. And thinking about Murray State, you know, it was just a few years ago, was it 2019, the John Morant led racers that was it was it Marquette I think that they beat yeah in that first round right it was Marquette and and Morant that's that was the coming that out party right. a lot of people hadn't hadn't heard of him and and how well he played and led that team to to an upset win and well there's a couple holdovers on this racers roster out there KJ Williams and Tevin Brown KJ Williams I think is the player of the year in, in the OVC but yeah you've got plenty of talent on this Murray State team and some some seasoned players on that side but Watching Moorhead State, I really liked what I saw at a Moorhead State last night against Belmont, and and this is a team that I think they're very well coached. This is this is a team that runs a lot of great action off the ball, and then defensively, they're very disciplined. They're very aggressive against the ball screens. They were last night against Belmont out on the perimeter, and I think this is a team that that's going to value the basketball. They're going to work for good shots, and. I know it's their third game in three days, and that's probably my concern here with Moorhead State. You think about the game earlier back in February uh, that they lost. They had a nine-point lead. Did Moorhead State against Murray State with five minutes to play in the game, and really just uh, Murray State just went on a tremendous run and took that game away from Moorhead State. So this is a team that I think is very disciplined, and I'm going to play them for the first half. The first half number sitting at plus four and a half. I'm just a little concerned with three days and three games in three days, and we know this is going to be a very competitive game tonight. A lot of energy was expended last night from Moorhead State in that win over Belmont. I trust them for 20 minutes. I just worry that in that second half, do the legs get a little bit heavy, shots start to fall a little short, and the game maybe potentially starts to get away from them, sitting at that plus uh, seven and a half. So I'll just play first half here with Moorhead State at four and a half. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. It should be a good one indeed. Mountain West action in Fort Collins, Colorado. This should be a dandy as well. It'll feature Boise State at Colorado State, and the Rams opened up as three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 133-and-a-half, and And the Broncos, they have already clinched the Mountain West regular season title. They have won five straight games, and Colorado State, meanwhile, they are tied for second place in the conference with the Aztecs of San Diego State, and both of these teams, Colorado State and Boise State, they figure to be dancing come next Sunday, but the Rams are looking to pull off the season sweep of Boise State, and I I think that would really be a nice little feather in their tournament resume, if you will, uh, when that Mountain West Conference uh, comes around here into Las Vegas right now. Uh, they could uh, come in pretty hot with a win over their rival Boise State here this evening. As it stands right now, the uh, side has not changed. Colorado State still laying three and a half. The total has ticked down by a full point 
to 132 and a half. I know we were speaking about this one a little earlier, James. Did you dive in to this Mountain West battle? I have not, but if I uh, if I do, it's going to be the Colorado State side. They haven't played in a week, and yes, they did beat Boise in Boise a few weeks back in overtime. Uh, but here, Boise's already locked up the number one seed. So what is it that they have to play for going into Fort Collins tonight? Just it, just wonder if the game starts to get away from them a little bit. Do 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 we see the full level of intensity from the Broncos for 40 minutes in this contest? And I think that's where for a team at Colorado state playing their last home game of the season up, up in Fort Collins. I think this is a, this is a game where they're they've, they've got rested legs. They haven't played, like I said, for an entire week, this will be a team that's ready to get after it and find some momentum going into the conference tournament. I just don't know where the motivation lies for Boise state going on the road. So if Colorado state's finds some momentum and gets off to a fast start, uh, the energy is definitely going to be on that. That side uh, might even get him. Uh, I see it at two. Maybe I'm playing a bigger price out here, Brady, because I'm in Colorado. I'm not really sure, but I haven't played it yet. But if I'm going to, it's going to be the Ram side only. If I can find a, a good price, I might play Colorado State on the money line. Uh, you know, I'm guessing that's probably in the neighborhood of minus 200 or so, maybe minus 250. I, I wouldn't really want to lay that much, but uh, if I can find a decent price on the money line, I might go that way. Uh, Big East action will tip at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time. The Red Storm of St. John's at Marquette to face the Golden Eagles. Marquette opened up as four-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 162-and-a-half. Now, the Johnnies are off of a win over Xavier, but they are going to have to make a big run in the Big East tournament if they want to make it to the dance. Now, Marquette figures to probably be a higher seed, maybe an 8-9-10 seed in the final 64. They are currently still four and a half point favorites in your total, still at 162 and a half, James. Yeah, it's a big total. We know the tempo from St. John's. This is, it's They want to play 40 minutes of hell. It's Mike Anderson, who used to be a Nor Nolan Richardson disciple back at Arkansas back in the day. We, we know it was 40 minutes of hell, although Anderson had said his team plays 35 minutes of hell and then five minutes of what the hell. Well, I don't <laughs> want to bet on a team that's playing for 35 minutes and the other five minutes, we don't know what to expect from them. So I, I would lean towards Marquette. They've been sensational at home all season long. They've won seven straight games. It is going to be se senior night there at Marquette, I'd be looking at Shaka Smart's side, looking to lay that number with Marquette rather than taking it with St. John's. We've got one more game that'll tip off uh, at 7 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Eastern time down in Southern California. That will be the age-old rivalry of UCLA and USC going on at Poly Pavilion. And on the other side, we'll come back and get James's opinion on that one, see if we can find an edge in the battle for Southern California. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it is finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. We'll be right back with more of the Green Zone here in just a moment. Stick with us at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.